When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I think that the Ravens would love one of the top two corners to be there at number 14. And the top two in your mind are? I don't even go up to the second floor. I stay in my <laughs> lane. I don't want to hear nothing. I don't want to see nothing. I ain't going to ever be accused of being a snitch. You see a prospect in here on a visit? Nah, I'm taking my food to go. I don't know who that is. I'm willing to give up a fourth round pick to move up a few spots and, and get one of those guys to get a great player at a position I think of very high need. I just That was huge. I'm going to have to start wearing a poncho to do the podcast. That was a big one. Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. We are ramping up into the draft. The Ravens just concluded their pre-draft press conference on Tuesday with Eric DaCosta, Joe Ortiz, and John Harbaugh. And we're going to talk about, a little bit about that and our biggest takeaways as well as our latest thoughts on uh, the Ravens draft prospects as pro days kind of keep continuing on. They're, they're wrapping up soon here. Yeah. Visits are under underway. There's a lot going on. You know, Lacey DaCosta sent me a message on Twitter and said, I got to get up there before the padlock goes on the snacks. Oh, in the draft room. In the draft room. Do they have the snacks out yet? Apparently, they're in the draft room and not under lock and key yet. Wow. But I told her this is also the time of the year that I don't go any. I don't even go up to the second floor. Yeah. I, no, I stay in my <laughs> lane. I don't want to hear nothing. I don't want to see nothing. I ain't going to ever be accused of being a snitch because I know nothing. Yeah, exactly. If You, you don't want to like hear any... like. You know, conversations that are taking place in the corner. You just, if you see that happening, if you yeah. see like DeCosta and Harbaugh having a conversation, you know, in the corner, you turn around, you go the other way. Like, I don't even want to be in the vicinity. Exactly. You see a prospect in here on a visit. Nah, I'm taking my food to go. I don't know who that is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I definitely didn't see Lamar Jackson eating in here a few years ago. Mm-mm. I didn't see that. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> That's definitely how it goes. But I, I, I mean, I didn't even realize, because we don't go in the draft room, but I didn't realize, I've heard the rumors of the great snacks that are in there. But well, draft day, we know it's legendary. Well, draft day, that's the whole screen. building. That's the whole building. I mean, it's just but it's another down. level up there. I'm sure. As, as I've checked it out. You've gone in. I haven't gone in. Sounds like, sounds like you're <laughs> snooping around for information. <laughs> but on the outside, sometimes, you know, outside the draft room, they can have the ice cream cart kind of situation. Oh, yeah. You gotta mosey by at least. You gotta check it out. I haven't partaken, but I've checked it out. Uh huh. Yeah, the whole building on drafts weekend. That'll be um, when we do our full draft recap. Uh, that's gonna be. We'll, we'll also recap snacks and give you a full rundown on what's in the building. Snack so, draft. Snack. Snack <laughs> draft. Snack draft. <laughs> so uh, look, look. It is a busy week. Um, pro days are continuing, uh, and then obviously this week was a pre-draft press conference. Yeah. 
And, um, you know, it's always funny every year, you know, the media kind of calls it the liar's luncheon and that's like a, a, a name that is stuck to some degree. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that it's always the case. Sometimes you feel like it's always funny because sometimes you feel like you look back and you're like, they told us exactly what they were going to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Other times you look back, like last year was one. All right. That's what I was just about to say. La- last They're year. They're like, how dare you ass- you assume that we need a wide receiver? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't need, need any wide receivers. Yeah, we're, we're great. Our whole wide receivers core, we stand pat. You know, then first round, first pick, Rashad Bateman. Yep. But And then followed up with Tylen Wallace a few picks later, or a few uh, rounds later. Exactly. I think we could all kind of see through that one. I thought, I thought let's just dive into it here. Some of our biggest takeaways, or my biggest takeaways at least, center is a position that we've talked a lot about with Bradley Bozeman going to Carolina. You know, what are they going to do at center? We've we've posed that question on this podcast multiple times. Well, I think Eric DaCosta, I mean, he said, he said the word honestly. He said, we honestly look for big guys at center. Yeah. Right? And to me, Tyler Linderbaum, who we got it. We're trying to get Mel Kuyper on the pod. Not locked down yet. But I'm going to grill him on the Tyler Linderbaum being too small for the Ravens, you know, what they like at center. Because mm-hmm. Mel's sticking with this Linderbaum pick. He's holding fast to it, and I just I just don't see it. And I believe Eric DeCosta when he says, I want bigger centers. Like, that's been the Ravens' history. Matt Burke, Ryan Jensen, you know, some of these bigger guys, Bradley Bozeman, uh, have, have, you know, the guys who have succeeded have been bigger guys. I think that's what they want to continue. And Linderbaum is, like, the smallest offensive lineman in the draft. Yeah, just as a reference point on Linderbaum, He's listed at six foot two, two hundred and ninety six pounds. I'm pushing that same weight at this point. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna play center? No, he is. He he is an undersized player at that position. Now, the draft analysts also say on him is that from a true center prospect, he's one of the best, cleanest prospects you're gonna find at the center position. And that's looking over the past few years of the draft. He's one of the best there. Sure, but I think I think they also are saying like scheme dependent. If he's put in the right mm-hmm. scheme, I think he could be a multi-year pro bowler. But if he's not in the right scheme, he could still be a very good player. I think like he's got a lot of intangibles. He's got a lot going for him. He's a great, talented player. I'm just saying like if I don't think a team that runs a scheme like the Ravens necessarily, he will thrive where as much as he would somewhere else. Yeah, so let's just continue the conversation on center um, because I think it is interesting. And, and a point that I was just kind of intrigued by the conversation during the pre-draft press conference was when you're drafting offensive linemen and you're building that line, a lot of the projection is involving like projecting guys at a new position. And center is mm-hmm. one of the key examples of that. Mm-hmm. Like Bozeman actually was the center in college, but then they put him at guard and then he moved back to center. Patrick McCary was a tackle in college. Mm-hmm. Now he's in line to be the starting center as of right now. Mm-hmm. Ryan Jensen who has become one of the best centers in the league, was a tackle, small school college, late round pick, so developmental there. But like, so when you're making the projections, and DaCosta said basically, like, we think in the second, third, fourth round of the draft, there could be some center options that we really like. But it sounded to me, based on that, that he's talking about projections. Like, maybe it's not a guy who's a center necessarily. Mm, see, I took it the wrong way, the other way. I thought he was saying, as opposed to other years where there's really, like, one or two centers and, and maybe a couple other that are draftable at all. Mm-hmm. Like, this year we see that in the middle round, second, third, fourth, that there's some actual, like, college centers. True centers. True centers who could step in and, and be good picks. I, th- I took it as him saying... We like guys who we think could play center in the second, third, fourth round, but Maybe. other t- other teams may not 
necessarily see them as a center. But right. I, but he was saying that a lot of teams are doing that projection. Uh, of course, of right. course, that's Every, like more and more teams are doing that that game. Right, and so everyone's trying to make that. I agree, everyone's trying to make that projection, but it's right. sometimes difficult to know. Like other teams may have a different estimate as to whether that guy can truly end up being a center. But the question, like going back to the original point on whether they're being truthful or not, mm-hmm. is. You say all that. We love these guys in the second, third, fourth round. We're looking day two, day three at center. We're looking at big centers. So you're like, oh, okay, so you're taking Tyler Linderbaum in the first round? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it's the smoke screen. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but I, I don't think that one's a smoke screen. I think like the Ravens history, to me, that one is legit. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, that's how I read that one. Well, it all, it, it, like, to, to your point, if you just look at the track record, right. the track record shows. Well, in the Ravens scheme and just what they like to do up front. Yeah. You know, they like to be big. How many times have you heard Daniel Jeremiah say, you know what the Ravens like? Big people, yeah. big human beings mm-hmm. who are athletic. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, so I, they like to bully people up front. That's what they want. Yep. Uh, all right. So the other, I thought one of the other interesting takeaways was at cornerback, you know, mm-hmm. where, where he talked about the depth. Really at three spots, I thought that he said that there was good depth. Cornerback pass rusher and tackle, you know, said we could take one in the first or we could take one in the second or third or fourth round. I mean, how many fourth round picks we have? 10. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I see those positions as, you know, he's obviously not going to say like, we have to get a first round corner or whatever. Um, but I think the Ravens are in a good position in that the draft is strong at those spots, particularly at pass rusher where they're obviously big needs cornerback pass rusher at the top of my list as of of uh needs and you don't necessarily have to be locked into taking one in the first round that was music to your ears when you started talking about the quarterbacks cornerbacks right corners oh i yeah you I started am. clapping in the back of the press conference oh right? i'm all about drafting corners well uh, yeah you be- i want five of them <laughs> <laughs> you want to use those first three picks on corners <laughs> well i mean he did say like they're concerned about their cornerback depth and like yeah. it doesn't take a genius to look at the roster and say you're going to need some more corners on this team so I, I i think they're going to double up a corner at yep. some point yep like and i think that they're going to certainly take one in the first three rounds yep oh for sure if they don't i'm gonna have to stand up and scream if they don't get one of the first three if we're going to that fourth round we still haven't picked a corner we got <laughs> we have problems yeah i think they'll take one in the first three and i think they'll probably then double up with another one in the fourth I think so. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a double up corner. But the thing is too, you know, do you double up on offensive line? Do you you know, pass rusher probably not. You know, I mean, you know me, I, I have a soft spot for Dalen Hayes. I think he could be somebody. So yeah. um but you need you need another pass rusher for sure because Justin Houston's still a free agent. Tyus Bowers is is coming off an Achilles. You need one for sure, and you need one I think that can make a, an impact as a rookie, not necessarily not necessarily be a starter, but he's gotta play a pretty fairly sizable role. Um, you know, depending on Tyus Bowser's health. So, um, but back to corner, I, I think that the Ravens would love one of the top two corners to be there at number 14. And the top two in your mind are sauce Gardner and, uh, and my guy, Derek Stingley. That's who I, well, I like both those guys. Um, so I think the Ravens would sprint to the podium if Stingley or sauce is there at 14. Yeah. And as we're taping this, um, just about an hour ago, Derek Stingley had his pro day at LSU, and I think he made it much less likely that he's yeah. there at number 14 yeah. because the question on him was the foot coming back from that. Well, he just got cleared originally, then he went out there and ran a 40-yard dash between 4-3-3 and 4-3-7 seconds. 4-3-3? Somebody had him at? Yeah, someone had him 4-3-3. The Ravens scout was the one that had him at 4-7. Yeah, yeah, there you guys Ravens get scout. that one? Oh, God, that guy's slow. Did you see that? <laughs> Fuck, he had a 4-7. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and it's the Chiefs at the back of the first round. They're like four two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't let them go to Baltimore. Uh huh. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with you. It seems like those guys are gonna be just out of the Ravens' reach. And this is I just got done saying this to Garrett. I'm usually not a proponent of the trade up scenario. Everybody always wants to trade up, right? And I'm like. I don't know. Not that I'm so against it. It's just that I don't think the Ravens will do it, right? Because they hate giving away draft picks. This year, I don't know. I just feel like you have a lot of fourth-round picks. Eric DeCosta, I asked him the question of whether he feels like having so many five fourth-round picks, whether he has more flexibility than in years past. He said yes. He also gave you the, you know, we could trade up, trade back. Trade back, get more picks. We can stand pat. We can make make only one pick. Like twenty picks. Like, Shut up, um, Hank. <laughs> um, but I, I just I feel like if one of those guys, Stingley or Sauce, is there, you know, it, most projections have them somewhere between ten and fourteen. You know, eight and fourteen, somewhere around there. You know, a lot to the Vikings at twelve. Like if one of those two guys is there, and you know, whatever, whoever the eleventh team is, number eleven team is on the clock. I'm interested in moving up. And jumping the Vikings. Because mm-hmm. you don't have to move up that far. And it would be to get a, a gr- really great player that you feel strongly about. Obviously, the Ravens have to feel very strongly about both of them. With Stingley, there's the injury questions to a degree. There's you know some inconsistencies, and that's kind of knocking him down. But a very talented player who I think like checks, his, checks every box of what the Ravens would want to be as a player. You know, Good hands, good ball skills, uh, big, fast physical compress like to me he's what you want in a ravens corner yeah like he if you're drawing up the guy in the lab like he's got all the tools to be an all pro corner in the nfl right and so the reason why he's even getting close to you at 14 is because of some of this injury and inconsistency stuff um and then sauce gardner is a great talent too so to me i'm willing to give up a fourth round pick or or some package to move up a few spots and, and get one of those guys to get a great player and at a position, I think, of very high need. Yeah, and, you know, DaCosta's always looking for the potential of wheeling and dealing. So let's just say you're moving up from 14 to 10 or 14 to 11. Yeah. If it's going to take, let's just say it's going to take a third-round pick. Well, you have, again, the ammunition in that fourth round if you, you want to get back, back into the up. third. Right, exactly. That you could try to do that. Package a couple picks or something like that. Yeah, and, and they have all of these picks, and so... It just well, gives you, you Or you move back in the second, and that picks, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, so then you still end up getting four players in your top 50. Exactly. You know, if I, that's a priority. You don't want to give up one of those top 50 players, right. top 70 players, right. whatever that threshold is for you. You can still use your capital to ensure that you get that done. Exactly. Now, Stingley, I, I do think he could be potentially worthy of that. The other guy who I, I talked about this in our final drive earlier this week is Kayvon Thibodeau, which is kind of interesting. That's the interesting one. If he starts sliding down in that territory, I'm very also very interested. Because it's like, all right, so it's it's always funny at this time of the year, and I've said this before on the podcast, like right now you've got 50 guys who everyone says are going to be first-round picks, and obviously there's only 32 right. of them. And then in the first half of the draft, that is – it, well, there's 20 top 10 picks. There's 20 top 10 picks, of course, right? You know, <laughs> right. everyone's saying that. So a couple things, if you're watching the draft, you're just cheering for the quarterbacks. You're low, you would love for the quarterbacks to go early. If that right. happens, then like Stingley or Thibodeau or, or one, one of these guys, guys is going right. to sauce. So with Thibodeau... One like, of the go, pass rushers. Yeah, like... Jermaine Johnson. Thibodeau, going into the season, people are like, yeah, he's the best player. He's the number one overall pick. Right. 
And then it's the pre-draft process, and he's still a top five pick, like at the combine. Now it's a month later, and it's like, ah, bad interviews at the combine, uh, inconsistency, play to play, effort questions. I don't know, maybe a maybe top ten. He could be in the teens. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, right. all right. And then you look at the guy's production. He was really good. Like, could this be a case where the Ravens get one of the best defensive players in the draft, and all of a sudden he's there at fourteen, and everyone's saying, "How did he get to Baltimore? How did that guy I'd get be, there?" Like, surprised if he got to fourteen, but I mean, if he gets into you know the ten, eleven, twelve range, you know, like I'm interested in. In I'm making a phone call. I'm yep. picking up the phone if that happens. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, because <laughs> once again. Great player at a huge position need. Like, if you can scratch both of those off, to me, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is... That's falling for, like, reasons that, you know, not, like, football player reasons. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're getting a bargain even though you have to trade up. Yeah, yeah. And again, this is a guy who the expectation was that he was going to be a top three pick. Speaking of top three picks... Your guy, Trayvon Walker. (laughs) Sayonara. So, you know, if you've been listening to the draft talk over the past, you know, a couple months, Mika has talked about him, how he's locked him in at number 14 for the Ravens. Locked in. Dude, early in the – I've never seen somebody skyrocket up the first (laughs) round draft projections faster than Trayvon Walker. Holy – you know, it was my fault. I talked talked him up too much. Yeah, you let everybody know. Secret's out. In in Charles Davis's mock draft that came out this week, he had him number one overall. That's Num- not going to happen. Numero uno. I don't think that's going to happen. And, you, but, and you've locked him in, and you're mocking A lot of 14. people have him number two to the Lions now. Yeah. Like, it just, it, yeah, it's a bummer. Like, this is what happens, I feel like, this time of year, is you always feel like your guy is like, oh, now they're doing good. You know, I was hoping Stingley was going to pull up lane with a little <laughs> little cat, little hamstring. Ay! Oh, I got to call it for the rest of the day. I can't run. You know, that's what I was hoping for. But... You know, then he blows it up, and you're like, man, all these guys that I like now, they're not going to make it to the Ravens. Sometimes, though, you get there and you're like, wow, you know, it feels like every year there's always somebody that slips through the cracks. Yeah. But like right now, I'm going through this exercise and I'm like, all right, you know, if he's not there, if he's not there, if he's not there, if these guys that I don't like aren't there, who are the Ravens going to be looking at at number 14? And here's what I got. Okay. Jordan Davis, Trevor Penning, Devin Lloyd, Trent McDuffie. Okay, let's say that's assuming that Jermaine Johnson, the pass rusher out of Florida State, that he's also gone. Okay, if if he's there, like, you know, again, I, I think I think that would be a great pick. You know, the Ravens need pass rush help. He was highly productive after after the transfer. Really good player. A lot of scouts talk really glowingly about his effort. Plays like a Raven, fast, all all this stuff. Plays run really strong, all that. I think that would be a great pick. But let's just say he's not there. Also. Okay, so like I said, Davis, Penning, Devin Lloyd, and McDuffie. Who are you taking? That's what you're looking at, Eric DaCosta. Who right, are you taking? Right, and and let's just say they're making the pick there. You know, yeah, they're sure. not, they're not say, trading back. Right, right, right. Sure, let's say they're picking at 14. I probably, and this won't surprise you at all, I would, <laughs> oh, I'd probably go with Trevor Penning. See, I like Trevor Penning. I love seeing a guy just embarrass his opponents, just bury them, right? But like... The debate that you get into now is mm-hmm. if they take Trevor Penning with the first round pick, number 14, their, their highest first round pick in a long time, right? And then Ronnie Stanley is ready to go week one, right? Which is the hope, obviously. Where is he playing? Like, right. I, like maybe you can kick him in the guard, but like, 
you just spent the 14th overall pick on a guy who's playing out of position and like has I don't even, has he played any guard right right and like so if he's doing a position switch his body isn't really like a traditional Ravens guard like he's not like this thick broad necessarily guy right like I mean he's big big dude big, big human being I'm yeah. sure when I see him if I see him I say you're a big human being he is very big but like he doesn't fit the like KO right like this like wide base like the Ravens mm-hmm. I feel like like at guard and so. Like, how much of an upgrade would he be at left guard, let's say, over a Ben Cleveland or, or you know, uh, whoever, right? A ben, uh, ben, ben, Powers. ben Powers or a Tyree Phillips, right? Like, if him playing out of position, how much of an upgrade that is that? And I don't want my first round, if that's not that much of an upgrade, like, you're forcing him onto the field probably, right? If, if Stanley is going and you have Morgan Moses at right tackle, like, I don't want to be forcing my first round pick out of position. Well, or benching him. Like yeah. you certainly don't want him on the bench. You got to put him on the field. Yeah, I think a couple of things. One is, first of all, we all hope that Ronnie Stanley is ready to go full, full speed ahead. Right. But DaCosta has said on num- on multiple occasions that there's got to be contingency plans in place. Now but, this is a good a, contingency, right? Exactly. You're using the 14th overall pick on a contingency plan. Well, we so let so if if the Ravens don't draft Penning, yeah, and Ronnie Stanley's not ready week one, who's playing left tackle? Well, it would probably be Juwan James or Morgan Moses right now. Or Tyree Phillips. Or Tyree Phillips. Okay, so I would rather... I mean, you have two veteran tackles. Like, they just signed Morgan Moses to a three-year deal, okay? He's going to be playing tackle for a few years, mm-hmm. right? So, like, that's locked down. Now, you have Juwan James, like... But you want you need to upgrade the offensive line. I mean, that, well, that was... if Ronnie like... Stanley isn't ready to go week one, I'm sorry, but the, up, the offensive line is just not going to be upgraded. It's just but... not. Yeah, but you, it could it will be more upgraded if you have Trevor Penning on it. If you yes, have, but like what the 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 cost sunk there, the sunken cost is is a lot if Ronnie is able to go. Yeah, but then you just build up this beast of an offensive line if you can kick Penning inside, and then you have him and Ronnie. Yeah, but Ronnie's Stanley. not going anywhere for two years at least. Well, that's fine, but I'm saying you got and there's Morgan Moses, so like you're going to put Penning at left guard for two years, and if you have the best offensive line in football, sure, I'll take that. I'll take the best offensive line in football. Well, who's, like, the, who's covering the wide receivers on the other team? Well, it's not going to matter. You're going there. You're going to be able to run. The, you're going to run it down teams' throats. <laughs> they never going to get game. the ball. Just control the game, Jeez. just like you did in 2019. I mean, who's this playing offense, corner for this offense and for Lamar Jackson to be at their best, like they were in 2019. They had a dominant offensive line, and yeah. they all said that improving the offensive line and part of that is getting Ronnie healthy. Part of that is adding Morgan Moses. But I still think there's work to be done there. I you agree. Also I, just your- use, I agree. I just would not use a first-round pick on it. I would not use a first-round pick on tackle. So you would use a first-round pick on a defensive lineman? Maybe, maybe I would trade back. If I traded back into the mid-20s and, and could still get Penning. But you might I, be able, you might maybe be able you're to able do. Maybe you're able to do. I, I, I honestly don't hate that. Right. Okay? I, I, don't, I, I don't hate that. But, like, 14th? It's steep. It it is steep, and I and I do think there could be the possibility of moving back and still getting him. And but I like so if you're, it's not a perfect scenario based on the right. way the we're scenario breaking that this I down. laid out was not perfect. Right now, but like I'll, if I'll you're that, saying, you're taking Penning. I'm taking Penning. I'm taking Jordan Davis. Okay, so for all the reasons that you're criticizing the the Penning pick there, I mean the knock on. I mean, Jordan Davis is a is a dominant player. I mean, the guy blew up the combine. And you're like, this guy is an athletic freak. So yes. he is a stud. But he also plays. You want to talk about position? Like yeah. he plays a position that's not as highly valued. I mean, he is an right. interior defensive lineman who's not like 
Aaron Donald putting up 20 sacks a season. I right. mean, he's probably getting three. Right, right. So, like, that's a, that's a premium at 14. I, I understand that. I think I think that Jordan Davis is, like, such a unique player that, like, whatever he, whatever he does could be at such a special level that it's worth it there. Right? Like, that he just, like, changes your defense potentially. I mean, In what, in what way? Nobody's running on you. I mean, in the AFC North, like, they run the ball. Mm-hmm. Right? The Browns run the ball. The Bengals run the ball. Steelers run the ball. Have all used high draft picks on running backs. Like, it is a physical black and blue division where our opponents want to run the ball. Now you did just add Michael Pierce to the equation. I there. agree. I agree. But you don't have, you don't know what you're going to get from Derek Wolf if he's going to play. He's coming off the hip surgery, whatever. You don't know. He's a big question mark. Yep. You haven't re signed Calais Campbell yet. Right? So same goes for Brandon Williams. Exactly. Same goes for Brandon Williams. So, you know, right now you're looking at Justin Matabike and Michael Pierce. Give, give me Jordan Davis in that, that trio and you're looking pretty set. Yeah. I just spit. That was huge. Oh my God. You're welcome for the shower. Dang. I'm going to have to start wearing a poncho to do the podcast. That was a big one. All right. I don't know if we'll edit that out. Wow. I'm getting, I'm frothing at the mouth thinking about Jordan Davis. Literally. All right. It's real, dude. I got out of control. <laughs> I'm going to step back, slide my chair back a little bit here. Um, yeah, no, so I, I get it. I get it. And Davis, like, when you see him at the combine, you're like, wow. Like, this guy is an absolute monster. Like, he yeah. would be, he would add. Well, and that's kind of to me, like, what the Ravens do, right? Hey, like, we got done talking about Daniel Jeremiah. They want big human beings. It ain't, it, there ain't anybody bigger than Jordan Davis. Yeah, I got someone that's for the you. biggest. I got someone for you. Trevor Penny, pretty darn big. He's big too, but not like <laughs> he's, crazy big. Not like Jordan Davis freakish big. He, Jordan Davis's athleticism in com- combined yes. with his size, he's like is a off special the charts. kind of. He's, like, like, he's a unicorn player. with his size speed combination. But Penny is massive. He's a big dude. He is a very big dude. Um, I just kind of feel like I also I also don't hate the Devin Lloyd pick, especially if the Ravens were to trade back, get a little value there. I don't hate the idea of having he and Queen next to each other in the middle of the defense as just blowing stuff up. Yeah. Like our guy Clifton loves Devin Lloyd from the combine. That was one of his like big takeaways when I talked to him was like, this kid just has a great head on his shoulders. Like the leadership, the football intelligence, you know, he just seems like a, a really solid kid and solid player, like big bodied. He's made for today's NFL thumper. Like I think he would pair really well with Patrick queen. Yeah. And, and, you know, based on all reports, the Ravens were very much in on Bobby Wagner. Exactly. So, like, they're willing to to spend some capital, whether it be free agency dollars or draft capital, in my opinion, um, you know, to to address the position. Yeah. The other guy that I just want to throw out, I don't, I would be surprised if he makes it to fourteen. But if all of a sudden, you know, these these corners, you know, if Stanley is not there, it's, you know, other guys are then falling. Then right. could Charles Cross right you know, from that's Mississippi the, State? Well, you know, like Charles Cross at fourteen, I actually would put him ahead of Penning. I mean, I think that he's like I, just too good to give up to pass up. Yeah, I think that he's great. The other one I just would throw out there, and this was actually a question in mailbag this week. But uh, Penning feels like if you were going to have to kick somebody in the guard, it almost feels like Penning, the mauler, mm-hmm. would be a better fit than Charles Cross, who's like the technically sound, excellent pass blocker. 
pass protector. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, not known for his run-blocking prowess. Yeah. I, how do you feel about kicking that to guard? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, the other one, you know, the question of could there be a surprise. Anyway, is, is Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame? Uh, Sli- uh, you know, like, so he was another one. Or a lot of top five right. projections for him. Yeah. But, but a position that is undervalued. In comparison, safety is not up there with offensive tackle and cornerback, mm-hmm. wide receiver. <clears throat> so is there a way that Kyle Hamilton ends up being there at 14? That to me is very Another, like, to, where do you play him? But. Uh, for sure. That to me is the Derwin James scenario, like from, from back in 2018. Mm-hmm. And like the Ravens passed on Derwin James. Right. They traded back and ended up taking Hurst and obviously the Lamar. But would would Kyle Hamilton be so good that you say, look, I don't know where exactly. Like this is this will help our secondary as a whole, right? And you say, okay, we can play Brandon Stevens as more of a nickel role along with Marlon oh, and Marcus, and you can put Kyle, Kyle Hamilton out there on the field in some capacity, right? Kick Chuck in some other kind of hybrid role, right? Uh, something like that. I mean, I think we know where Marcus Williams is going to be lining up, yeah, right. And Kyle Hamilton seems like a a Marcus Williams type player, right? I mean, he's kind of like that right ball hawking. He can safety. also play. He's he's big. He's I mean, big six though. Yeah, he can, he, can, he can lay he the can, wood. He can get down in the box. Yeah, you know, and be a strong safety type. Yes. So I don't know. That to me is just like if he's there at fourteen again, like that would kind of fall into the category of like, wow, Ravens just got a stud defensive player at fourteen. Not a huge need, and that would be surprising, but. Yeah. Again, yeah. if all these guys yeah. are now going in the top 10, somebody's not. And so who is the guy that's not? And, uh-huh. and maybe uh-huh. it's Thibodeau. Maybe it's Hamilton. Right. Maybe it's Charles Cross. Like, who's falling? Exactly. Yeah. No, I think that's very legit. And the other player I had on my original list here is Trent McDuffie, the cornerback from Washington. And, you know, you, you obviously we know the need at cornerback. After you get past those top two guys of Sauce and Stingley, you know, how do you feel about the prospect of, of drafting Trent McDuffie? Well, McDuffie is, you know, he was a really good player at, at Washington. I think the question on him is he's a smaller guy. Right. You know, like Sauce Sauce is the biggest. Right. You know, he's six foot three. Stingley's six foot one. You know, he's mm-hmm. in the middle, and then McDuffie's the smallest. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So that to me is the question. Like at fourteen, do you take a guy who is somewhat undersized at the position? Right. It's not the Ravens ML. I mean, you go back to uh, Dwayne Starks was the last guy re- that they took in the first round that was a little bit smaller in stature. <laughs> Not long after, they took Chris McAllister, I think the next year. Mm-hmm. They took Chris McAllister, the like prototype cornerback, uh, who, who was very good. Uh, no, there's no way Chris McAllister was the next year. Chris McAllister was 2000, or 2000, I think, right? Was he in the next year? Maybe he was the next year. Anyway, um, yeah, and then since then, you know, Marlon Humphrey, obviously, Jimmy Smith. Obviously, these are like prototype size, strength, press corners. Yeah. You know, and, and so the question with McDuffie is like, how good is, I think he's a, a, a very strong player and everybody says he's like so clean, great feet, like just checks every box, just really, really good, except for the size box, obviously. Uh, but it, does he fit the Ravens style? You know, John Harbaugh was pretty clear in what he likes in corners. You know, he likes a guy that can come up and challenge you and press you and, and tackle and, you know, be that kind of physical corner like Marlon Humphrey is. Yeah. Right. Um, but, you know, he also said you have to give something up sometimes, you know. So, like, if you like this ball hawking guy, guy with great ball skills, like a Marcus Peters isn't known as necessarily like this huge tackling physical force out there. But, okay, yeah. he'll get me a ton of interceptions. I'll take that. Yeah. I'll trade that off, you yeah. know. Um, so the question with McDuffie is, 
are the things that you're gaining by drafting him so valuable, so great that you're willing to compromise on the size a little bit? For sure. All right, let's take a quick break. and we come back, we'll answer your questions. All right, Ravens fans, the sports landscape is always changing, and this week is no different. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, and there's still daily fantasy contests running for those who are looking to have some skin in the game. So what you can do, each player has a salary associated with drafting them, assemble a lineup of players, and then you work to stay under the salary cap, and you sit back and you watch your points pile up. So what you need to do is you get on DraftKings, download the app today, sign up using the code FLOCK. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. Again, the code on that is FLOCK, and you can sign up today at DraftKings.com. All right, so let's read an email. As always, you can reach us at thelounge at ravens.nfl.net. This one comes from Thomas O. It says, greetings from sunny California. As a longtime listener, I want you guys to know that you two are dynamic duos. Wow, thank you, Thomas. Yeah, appreciate that. Uh, says he enjoys listening to the lounge, and I'm rooting for more good stuff to come. He said, uh, so I know that the draft is nearing, and I want to give you my big take on who the Ravens will pick in the first two rounds. Here we go. All right. We're going to get it. the we're gonna get the answer right yeah. here. You, gonna, you got your pen ready? Because I know you're a copycat. <laughs> I know you're always looking over my shoulder this time of year. I'm looking over Thomas's shoulder now. <laughs> he says, I like the value of McDuffie. Oh, all right. 14th. And he would fill, he says he would fill a hole that was left by Tavon Young's departure. Marlowe, MP, Chuck, Marcus Williams, and McDuffie. That just might make Mike McDonald pick up EDC and spin him. <laughs> uh, it says also, Ibikete. Yeah. Ibikete. Yeah. Ibikete. I think it's Ibikete. Ibikete. Uh, is explosive and plays like a Raven. So he's a pass rusher out of Penn State. Yep. Kind of took over for Odafe, yeah, uh, and, and had a breakout final season there. He's also a Silver Spring guy from my neck yes, of the woods down yes. in Montgomery County. Yes. Um, so, what do you think of those two picks? I actually like that. I, I said to you today, actually in the cafeteria, I said Ebikite. Uh, I thought he might be the second round pick. You know, I said mm-hmm. I might be marking him down as my second round pick. He did take yeah. over for Odafe. Um, and he was a good player there. And then we just spent time talking about McDuffie. So that would that that to those two picks. Give you your need and good players. Yeah. Like they, you say, okay, you get a pass rusher and a corner, which might be the two biggest needs in the draft that this team has. That would be a pretty good way to start things off. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, I, I think that, uh, what the thing, you know, fill a hole left by Tavon Young's departure. Like, let's not forget that Tavon Young was a fourth round pick. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, I, I want to find a slot corner too, but I want, if I'm drafting somebody at 14, he better be able to bounce outside too. He better be like they better be able to play both ways because I'm not drafting a slot corner necessarily at 14. He might play slot as a rookie, yeah, or might bounce Marlin into the slot or whatever, right? But this guy better be like capable, you know, if he has to take over down the line for Marcus Peters or, or whatever, like he better be capable of that. Sure, and, and th- I do think that I, you know, going back to the fourth round thing, the Ravens have sound, found some pretty good corners in that fourth round. You mentioned Tavon Young. Um, Anthony Averett. Anthony Averett. Yep. Also, both fourth round picks. So I mm-hmm. think that they could, I think that they've got a great track record of drafting and assessing cornerback. And I think that they'll be able to find some, some value there. Yep. Well, appreciate the email, Thomas. Um, as always, like I said, you can reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. 
eager to hear your other draft opinions. That's the the other fun thing that I like to see on Twitter is when people send their mock drafts. Yes, I get a lot of that. Then I saw I like that they also send them to Lacey DaCosta. <laughs> yeah, like you know she's gonna print them out and, and give them to Eric. You know, yeah. put it on his pillow at night. You yes. know, here you go, Eric. Here's the fresh batch. Here's a dozen of them. <laughs> 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 he says, hey, well, I hadn't thought about that one. Thank you so much. I yeah, appreciate that. Exactly. Exactly. But, uh, all right. So one other thing, what's, the, wanna... other, what's the other email? Well, yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to that one. Um, one other thing I want to talk about before we get to that was pass rusher. Mm-hmm. And, and that was another position talked about it during the pre-draft press conference where, you know, people say that this is the best pass rusher edge class. Uh, you know, that's the strongest position in the, in this year's draft, right? I kind of get the feeling now, maybe Jermaine Johnson's the pick in the first round. You know, I don't really know another pass rusher that is projected to be right around that. Well, well someone area. who might have been was David Ajabo out of Michigan. Exactly. Who tore his Achilles. Exactly. And, and DaCosta said, you know, that was bad for him and bad for the Ravens. So right. He might have been the pick. Exactly. So if Thibodeau, is, or a trade back possibility, if Thibodeau isn't, let's say he yeah. goes number three or whatever, like, who's the other pass rusher? Right. Yeah. Right. I, I think it's Jermaine Johnson. Yeah. And so, you know, if he doesn't get there, like, to me, I think second or, or third round pass rusher, I mean, if we're talking, like, the depth here, like, you know, Daniel Jeremiah, I think, tweeted something. He likes 20 of these, these pass rushers, like, loves them. Yeah. You know? And to it, me, it's, like, right for a third round pick, and maybe you go fourth round pick, too. Whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, And the other thing on pass rusher, like, Joe Ortiz has kind of compared it to the wide receivers you know there's all these wide receivers because such a passing game in college and you can get these wide receivers in the third round or the later round second round who end up being really good players it says the team that drafted one in 20 first round in 2019 and again last year yeah but you then you drafted <laughs> drafted duvernay in the third yeah, and tyler yeah, yeah. wall so they, they take multiple they like. shots yeah and i think that like it just becomes a deep class at wide receiver mm-hmm. the other thing too is even like you know e- even going back to that 19 class you know there was really good players all the way through the third round at the wide receiver position. Yep. So I, I just think that the same thing is kind of happening at pass rusher in the Ravens mind. And this could be a year where you get one, you know, in the third. Yep. I agree. I think that it's going to be cornerback and pass rusher are going to be taken in the first three rounds for the Ravens. The question is, what's that other position? Is it offensive line? Is it a defensive lineman? You know, is it something, an inside linebacker? Some, but I think I would be surprised if the Ravens, out of their first three picks, didn't come away with a cornerback and a pass rusher. All right, I think that you, I would probably agree with that. I yeah. would probably agree with that. All right, last email here comes from Allegra Kalen. Allegra, this that reminds me to take my allergy medicine. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, all right, so it says frequent listener and returning emailer in Arizona. Mink mentioned, "quote What if Lamar starts his own company?" She says. He has Era 8 apparel. He has a fragrance and just published a children's book. Yeah, come on. He's already got his own company. It's a, it's a great reminder. It's a great reminder. I, I appreciate that, Allegra. Um, I, you're absolutely right. That's kind of to my point is like maybe he's like just has plans to turn Era 8 apparel into the next Nike. Mm-hmm. I, you know what I mean? Like that was kind of what I was getting at is like he could – whatever, have like a big sponsorship deal with one of these big companies, but he's saying, no, I've, I'm going to do my own thing. And that's what I think is so unique. Yeah, it, it is. He's got all these different things too. They've got the cologne. Yeah. The little Did you ever have, when you were a kid, the Michael Jordan cologne? You remember that? I've never worn cologne a day in my life. When I was like in, I'm I mean, lucky this, if I wear deodorant, you should maybe try, you know, <laughs> we should get that part of your routine. <laughs> but, yeah. um, 
you know, that, like I remember when, like I said, in like elementary school, middle school, there's like this Michael Jordan cologne. It was cool. Did I you remember, have some? I did get some Michael Jordan cologne. And it was like, this is awesome. Did you get any be, dates out of that? I don't. Yes, of course. Lots of dates when I was in third grade, and I was very you said middle my, school. I couldn't remember exactly when it was <laughs> middle school or elementary school. I mean, Michael Jordan. It was probably like mid, probably elementary school. Anyway, but like the you Michael Jordan cologne in elementary school. The Michael you are Jordan, a weirdo. The Michael Jordan cologne was so cool. I mean, that was that was peak coolness. You could jump. You could dunk after you had the Michael Jordan cologne. I didn't know anything about that. Look it up. All right. I bet it was really cool. I bet it you was, just weren't I, cool enough. Well, you just weren't I, cool enough. That's yes, that's correct. That's what I'm alluding to. Yes. I for me the cool thing was starter jackets. Well, of course. That was the big one. With yeah. a big pouch in the front. Of course. Put all your snacks in there. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I had five of them. It's great. None of te- none of my starter jackets were of teams I actually supported. Just, they were all knockoffs that my dad got secondhand. <laughs> I swear. I never got a Baltimore Orioles starter jacket. I still I hold a grudge. We got I'm you. gonna talk about this on the pot. Dad, never <laughs> a Baltimore Kansas Orioles. City Royals, Kansas City Royals starter jacket. I didn't have a Ravens one. I had a Colorado Rockies <laughs> starter jacket. I didn't care about the Rockies. Kid me? Anyway, such a hard childhood. Is <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we are, as we talked about, trying to get Daniel Jeremiah on yep. the lounge. We're trying to get Mel Kuyper on the lounge. We're gonna have Joe Ortiz on the lounge. So we got some all-star guests coming up. Thanks for listening and stick with us. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungle's closing in? You crave wide-open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to Land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, Land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to Land.com, find your open space, and get out there. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.